the podcast with everything paranormal. It's the two 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 paranormal podcast, starring your hosts Jen and Joe Sharish. Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to the show. Joe, I have good news and I have bad news. Okay, would you like to hear the good news? Sure. Or the bad news first. Either or. The good news is, everybody, pay attention. Are you listening? Me. Our listeners. Oh, okay. It is the start of our sixth season. Sixth season. Sixth season. Sixth. Everybody, show 260. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for sticking with us through this journey. <laughs> we appreciate everybody's listenership. And please, make sure you share the show with everybody. We yeah. want to get it out there. We want to make this season the best and brightest season ever. Yeah, so every one of your friends, just grab their phone right now. Go to iHeartRadio or go to Stitcher or go wherever they have the podcast and subscribe to our podcast. And if you if you haven't subscribed yet and you're just listening, hit that subscribe button. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's free to listen. We have 260 oh. shows. You can go back and get caught up on all of them. Binge listen. Yes. Binge listen. Binge listen to every single work, show. Why you're working your side hustle while you're cleaning the house whatever it is but you know, no we really I, appreciate everybody i bet you listening. if they listen to every single one mm-hmm. they'll listen for like 270 hours 280 <laughs> hours straight it's awesome <laughs> and if you do we will give you t-shirts we will right. give you <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure absolutely no but um you know it's just been a really crazy ride and you know we appreciate everybody sticking with us through the thick and the thin not so much thin because you know COVID happened everybody got chubby <laughs> but um you know it's it's been an amazing journey and and we'll look to see what this year brings that's right you know maybe something new you never know never know but um you want to hear the bad news okay My parakeet flew away. <laughs> I heard. I was out. I cut your grass and I was kind of looking in the trees for it. Lawrence Welk flew away. Liberace is devastated. He's crying every day. He's like, meep, 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 meep. Calling for his mate. Yeah. <sighs> she flew the coop. <laughs> Literally. I was cleaning the cage outside in the... You know, it's one of those wire cages you get on Amazon, right? Like, just a little cheap plasticky wire cage. And the lid popped off. And I, I'm not kidding, not, not even like an inch opening, man. She took, she flew right out, flew to the top of the tree and never came back down. And, you know, she's yellow and green. So she perfectly blended with yeah. the tree. I could hear her, couldn't see her. Mm. So I'm only down to one baby. I'm devastated. So I was asking people on our Facebook page to if there were any psychics to connect with her and tell <laughs> her to come home. Who was the animal psychic? Iris. Iris, yes. I'm going to have to send her a message, please. Yeah. Connect with Lulu. I call her Lulu. Because, you know, originally she was Lawrence Welk, but Lawrence became found out she was a Lulu. So oh. um, Lulu, come home. <laughs> the show mascot. Uh, so speaking about flying the coop okay. one flew over the cuckoo's nest right we are kicking off for the new season a month long yes shows of asylums everything you want to know about crazy haunted asylum yeah Woo! and we're starting yes. off the first one with one of the most haunted ones that i've 
most haunted areas. And I think we need to get there. And it's not, it's only three hour drive from here. Why is everything in Ohio so freaking haunted? Like, I don't know. Like there's, we have it all here. We're like the heart. Like if you look at the map of mm -hmm. the United States, Ohio's the heart. Yeah. There's the haunted heart. Indian. There's civil war. There's war of 1812. There's the Toledo war. There's giants. Giants. Skeletons. Um, UFO activity, mm-hmm. Mothman activity, cryptid activity. Yeah, we Big have it foot all. Bigfoot. In Salt Fork Lake, which I don't know if you guys seen that new video footage. It's pretty clear. And it does not look like somebody in a suit. There's yeah. like muscle tone to this thing. And, it, you know, it's really like whenever they filmed, I think it was fall. Everything's real brown, you know. So it might have been like going into winter. This thing is dark too. Yeah, like yeah, you can definitely. Somebody, you know, it's going to ask you. It's totally random. We'll get into our haunted asylum in a second, but I just have to pose this question. Okay, so you know how like animals shed their fur different times of the year. Yeah. So like some in the springtime they'll be like brown, and but when it comes to winter they turn white because the you know they want to blend in. Okay. I'm just wondering if anybody knows if Bigfoot's change their color i never thought to of blend that. into the environment that's something i don't know i don't know either but i'm posing a question yeah. to our viewers viewers which, listeners <laughs> which now that i think about it is a great question to keep in mind because we will be in ann arbor mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks yep. at the michigan bigfoot conference yes so and i'm going to ask ken gerhardt yeah ken sweetheart i mean gerhardt <laughs> and that's another thing too if you're around this area come out to this event it is unbelievable. They have like 40 vendors. They have about 15 or 16 speakers. Mm-hmm. You got Ken Gerhard. You got Cliff uh, Backman. Um, Igor from Russia. The guy's coming from Russia to talk. That would be amazing. You got Miranda. Yeah. You got 222 Paranormal Podcast. <gasps> the most important. <laughs> but here's part. something else. <laughs> I just saw this on, fa- on the Facebook. The Facebook. Somebody is using, instead of plaster casting mm-hmm. the footprints, somebody is using Flex Seal. What's that? That's that rubber spray Yeah. that you spray on to oh, seal stuff, and yeah. it turns into a thick rubber. Uh-huh. Instead of using plaster, oh. somebody's using that. I'm like, that's genius. That is genius. So I'm going to ask about that, too. Because think about it. It, it wouldn't hurt the the cast and i think you'd get a being that it's a liquid that goes into you know yeah. a rubber instead of like a plaster I would wonder, it misshape the mold though like would it expand so. out that it would like well it doesn't expand oh it just hmm. dries we could experiment with yeah it. put my footprint in the dirt or something mm-hmm. <laughs> little foot Size five and a half um, for all your feet fetish people out there. <laughs> you Bigfoot fetish people. Listen, I got to make side hustles, right? Like I'm going to sell pictures of my tiny feet. There you go. $30 a piece. No, <laughs> just cash at me. Uh, okay. So anyways, back to asylums because, you know, we're crazy. So we love crazy stuff. There's so many and then realize as as I started researching, I'm mm-hmm. like, Joe, let's do shows on asylums, and um, we'll pick out you know some of the most popular ones. There's so many of them. I couldn't so get many over. haunted ones. Yeah, and 
Oh, all over the world. I think it's because of the environment, the type of people they were just shoved into these places. You know, it makes me sad. And a lot of them, they weren't crazy. They might have been mm-hmm. hyper. And they give them lobotomies. They give them electronic shock therapy. Mm-mm-mm. And you may not have been crazy when you went in, but you're definitely crazy if, yeah, if you sure. ever made it out. Well, what's interesting about the the asylum here in Ohio it's it, it's not far from our house, right? Yeah. They call this complex the ridges. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys, if you've been in ghost hunting, you probably have heard of this. If you're in other areas of the country, maybe you haven't, maybe you have, but it's so fascinating because it's so huge. I couldn't get over, I mean, I knew about it. And I just knew about the one building because you always see the pictures of the main. Yeah. Just the, and that's basically the center of the building. And the building is huge. It's like takes up a whole city block. Yeah. And before the city was there, it was a farm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I couldn't not get over how big it was because I knew about this place because of what we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how big it was. I didn't realize it. it it's a college now, right? Part of it. So yeah. the complex right now is called the Ridges, and it's part of the Ohio University. And there's historic buildings. They used to house the Athens Lunatic Asylum, which I love that name, mm-hmm. right? Like anytime you put lunatic in it, it's <laughs> up my alley. Um, so the buildings are really steeped in history, but there's also, you know, a lot of uh, visitors that are still there from the past. So the historic hospital got its start in 1867. Um, the Ohio legislator had appointed a commission to find an area for the asylum, and so they chose southeastern Ohio. Now, it was suitable for this site, and it, there was an architect named Levi Schofield. So he designed um, the buildings and the grounds, and they were influenced by a man named Dr. Thomas Story Kirkbride. Now, he was a 19th century physician who had authored a book on mental hospital design, which was probably kind of progressive for its time, right? Yeah, because like, like uh, Waverly Hills, that was designed specifically so the patients could be out in the air. Right. And the way that it's shaped and everything, it caught the air. So maybe he was designing because of something like that. Yeah, so his designs were often recognizable by their bat wing floor plans and okay. lavish Victorian architecture. So the original design included um, administration buildings, and there would be two wings, one that would house males and the others for females, obviously, you know, in those times they separated. The building itself was 853 foot long. Now, it was 60 feet wide, and what they used was red bricks fired from clay that they had dug out right on the site, oh, which, okay. you know, has, like, got really rich soil, so come to Ohio if you want to be a farmer. <laughs> Built into the back of the building, there was a laundry room, a boiler house. There were seven cottages that were constructed for more patients. Uh, there was a room in there that um, was going to house 572 patients in the main building, almost double what Kirkbride had recommended, which led to the, you know, led to overcrowding and conflicts between the patients because they were so crammed in there, right? The administration section was located between two resident wings, um, which included an entrance hall, offices, a reception room, which was on the first floor, 
the superintendent's residence was on the second floor and quarters for other officers, physicians um, were on the third and fourth floor. Now, in those days, you know, nurses, people going into nursing school, the doctors, they lived right on campus almost, yeah. right? So, Sort of like the prisons. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. So there were large high ceilings, um, an amusement hall that filled the second and third floor. And then there was a chapel that was included on the fourth floor, which you find in most old buildings like that. There's there's always, you know, some kind of chapel. Now, behind and beneath the building's public and private spaces, there were heating and mechanical systems, kitchens, cellars, storerooms, and workspaces. Now, the site, which was first comprised of 141 acres, eventually would grow to 1,019 acres. Which So it's a huge complex, mm-hmm. right? This is almost like a, a college campus. They cultivated, they wooded, they pastured the land. Um, the grounds were designed by Herman Harlan. He was of Cincinnati. Um, they incorporated landscaped hills and trees, decorative lakes, a spring. There was a creek with a waterfall. So the patients could not only enjoy the beautiful landscape, but like the citizens um, also would go and be able to like, you know, roam the grounds, maybe have picnics, visit their loved ones, or just use it as a Sunday outing or location. Though the facility never um, would be fully self-sustaining, over the years, the grounds, um, they included farmer's fields, gardens, they had... um, an orchard, livestock, there were greenhouses, they had a dairy, uh, a receiving hospital, a tuberculosis ward, and um, there was also a physical plant that generated steam heat, and even a carriage shop later in later years. So they were pretty self-sufficient. I mean, that's what you did back then, right? You grew your own food, you had your own dairy. They probably had like a blacksmith, a cheese mm-hmm. maker, whatever. That's what I... I- always find so interesting is all these asylums and hospitals that we talk about always have farms and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't think of that nowadays. Nowadays you just go to the store, you know, or they ship food in. Yeah. Terrible food too, I'm sure. So, <laughs> you know, at least these people are getting healthy food, right? They're getting homegrown tomatoes. And, you know, if you guys don't know, like Ohio's a big farming community anyways. Um, you know, we have, you know, really good, like, a lot of people back in the day, even my mom and dad, they grew gardens yeah. and they grew everything in the garden. You know, that's what you did. So the hospital, which they first called it the Athens Lunatic Asylum, officially began operations on January 9th, 1874. So within the first two years, they renamed it to the Athens Hospital for the Insane. 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 <laughs> so over the years, its um, name changed many times. It was called the Athens State Hospital, also the Southeastern Ohio Mental Health Center, the Athens Mental Health Center, the Athens Mental Health and Mental Retardation Center, and the Athens Mental Health and Development Center. So it just over the years changed many, many times. But right now, it's pretty much known as the Ridges. That's mm-hmm. the common name. So during the operation, it's fully, you know, functional and operational. Hospital provided services to a variety of different patients. So there were Civil War veterans. There were children, elderly, the homeless. There were naughty teenagers who were just needed to be taught a lesson by their parents. (laughs) 
all yeah. the way up to violent criminals suffering from various mental and physical disabilities. So, you know, like just the insane, the criminally insane, you know, probably people with any type of form of mental illness, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. um, Down syndrome, you know, a- anything. If Hyperness, some, yeah, really anything. ADHD, post-traumatic. Yeah, that's what the Civil War p- people were. They, they mm-hmm. never had a term for it back then, but that's basically what they were. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's another thing that gets me is they put children and everybody there, but they're all together. It wasn't like a prison where they locked up the criminal insane. They were all mixed together. Right. Which is, it's crazy. The really sad part is, although most of the patients were provided some form of care, many just did not receive any care. They were also known for its practice of lobotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did hydrotherapy, electric shock. These are things that, you know, Joe had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. restraint, psychotropic drugs. And, um, you know, like this is just stuff that would not go on, right, in these modern times. You know, and, and maybe they do and we just don't know, right? That's it too. I mean, is there, you don't hear about asylums anymore. Well, in the 70s, a lot of mental facilities lost their government funding. Mm-hmm. They just turned these people on the streets. And, you know, that's, if you look at the history of, like, mental illness, people were let out of these things in the 70s. There was no place for them to go. There was a huge surge of drugs and homelessness in the 80s. I mean, look at, you know, like the crack epidemic in New mm-hmm. York. Um, there wasn't a lot of trained people to deal with these type of yeah you know you have people with schizophrenia or or um multiple personality disorders out on the streets there's no help from what what do they do they're either you know like just die because they're you yeah. know homeless and they can't get help or they mm-hmm. jump off of bridges or <laughs> you know commit murder you know and it's it's so sad because yeah. even to this day now it's kind of turning around i would think in the last week sent 10 years or so there's really been a focus on trying to help people but you know you got guys coming back from everywhere from you know world war ii vietnam uh, korean war up into the modern wars Mm -hmm. coming back and just not having resources to go and help with their post-traumatic right or whatever else it is so go ahead oh i'm sorry go ahead go ahead so we talk about overcrowding they're some of these buildings, I mean, the original building, I noticed you said about 500, but I, I found the notes that said 200. But so the buildings were designed to hold two to 500 people. It ended up holding 2,000 people at oh its max. So imagine a building designed to hold, we'll average it to 300 with 2,000 people in there. But the thing is that with this asylum, the more patients there were, the more money was brought in for this asylum. So they didn't turn anybody away. Mm, I see. And the patients actually became the workers who ran the farms, mm-hmm. did the farming, did everything. But the patients that refused or couldn't do it were subject to almost like torture oh, with, like you said, the water treatments or hydrotherapy, they call it, mm-hmm. which is submerging somebody in ice water for hours, oh. which I don't understand because... By then, you would get hypothermia and die. So I don't know how long they actually put these people in ice. Who knows? But that was one of the things they did. And the also, if the p- 
people refused to work, they just said they were crazy and they give them electroshock therapy, which made them crazier. Yeah. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just breaks my heart. The, the hospital is known for, like you said, the lobotomies. And if anybody out there doesn't know what a lobotomy is, it's where they jab a, a poker in your eye <sighs> that goes up into your brain and they just kind of swish it around. I, I can't even imagine. And that's one one of the only things that when I think about it, it makes my eyes hurt. Yeah. It makes my head literally like right now. Yeah. My head hurts because you think it's oh, gross. Yeah. But that's what a lobotomy is. They just went up there and they just made soup out of the brain, which killed a lot of people. And anybody else, they just became catatonic and basically just laid there or sat there and drooled on themselves, not knowing that they're even alive or whatever. Who knows what they thought? Yeah. You don't know if they had inner monologues or dialogues mm-hmm. or consciousness or whatever. It's, it's so sad. And that's a super perfect recipe for a haunting, right? Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> thinking. You know, because think about it. You know, we talk about ghosts don't know they're dead. Okay. If, you, yeah. if you're in a situation like this where you're already mentally challenged and you're getting a lobotomy and that and... You know, we don't, like you said, we don't have no clue what they thought. And if they were to die, how do they know they even died? So they're still roaming the buildings. And this place is huge and it's got tons of hauntings. Wow. Oh, scary. People have seen shadow figures. Now, this is just in the main hall right now. People have mm-hmm. just seen shadow figures. You go in there and you can hear the screams of people. I've heard that. I've heard that people have been outside these buildings walking around and just hear people screaming. Yeah. Day or night. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know, I mean, the buildings right now are mainly, there's a lot of them that are not being used because the asbestos and lead oh. content is so high. Uh-huh. So they just use those for storage. But a lot of these are classrooms and offices. And people are in these classrooms and offices are seeing oh ghosts. Oh, my gosh. Can I work there? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the main things about this place, and I've known this since I was a kid, heard the story mm-hmm. of Margaret Schilling. Okay. Margaret Schilling was a patient and she disappeared about two to three weeks later. I believe it was, they found her body up in one of the abandoned buildings mm-hmm. on the top floor in a office space or a warehouse space, like sort of like the, what do you call them? One of the copula or is it or whatever the top of the building. Uh huh. Locked in one of those rooms. Oh. Now, the door's locked. Okay. And we're not, it's not like in those old buildings, they didn't have the locks where you lock it. I mean, they did have the latches on the inside, mm-hmm. but a lot of them just had key locks. Yeah. So I don't know if she locked herself in or if somebody locked her in, but she was found naked laying on the ground and her clothes were all neatly folded next to her body. Wow. So I don't know if she took her clothes off, folded them and laid down, but she ended up dying and they didn't find the body for weeks. Oh God. And her body was decomposing because of the heat. Mm-hmm. Her body decomposed so bad that the stain, the decomposing fluids actually stained the concrete concrete floor. And to this day, you can still go up there and see the stain. Oh my gosh. I'll post a picture of it on our, yeah. our Facebook page. And, I heard now this, I kind of forgot about this place because I, I thought it got turned down, but 
the stain is still there. You can still go and see the stain of her body that was laying there and just decomposed and actually permanently changed the cement. She is known to be walked, you know, she's known to haunt the building. There's rumors, you know, of a naked woman walking around, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But she's known to haunt the building. People have seen her. People have heard her yelling or something. I'm not exactly sure, but that's one of the more prominent ghosts in that Mm -hmm. area because, once again, she died right on that spot, and you can actually see the spot that she died. Yeah, I'll show everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, They said that her official cause of death was heart failure, but exposure was um, played into it. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know if she passed away in the winter or the summer? It was December. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the heat that made her body decompose more. But yeah. so it was exposure probably to cold. Yeah, the elements because the and, windows were open and stuff. Yeah, it was an abandoned, abandoned area. And, you know, and that goes back to like the missing nine one or missing 411 stuff where people's bodies are found naked with their clothes piled mm-hmm. or neatly folded next to them where the belts looped up or that. So I'm thinking maybe... The elements got to her and made her start to go even more insane because people that have hypothermia actually take their clothes off because they think that they're sweating uh, or heat, you know. Uh-huh. That's so interesting. That's one of the hauntings. Uh, she's one of the more prominent hauntings in the in the uh, complex. Other hauntings that in the same buildings that people see shadow figures. Uh, they see apparitions in mirrors. They'll look in a mirror and they'll see people Ooh. behind them. And that's one I don't hear that often. We need to take a mirror as a trigger object when we go mm-hmm. to asylum. That would be interesting. Yeah. I'll take my little compact. I've got the giant, the, the 14 by 11 yeah. scrying mirror. <laughs> Carry in that in? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I might get scared. One of the Now, there's other hauntings in these buildings, but I'd, I'd like to mention before I do, before we talk about that, is the cemeteries that are surrounding this place. Mm-hmm. A lot of the patients are in the cemeteries and there's a bunch of cemeteries, but the thing about the cemeteries is the way that they're placed creates a pentagram. That is with, insane. So, and obviously these cemeteries are all super haunted, but the center of the pentagram is Wilson Hall and Wilson Hall is supposed to be one of the most haunted dorms mm-hmm. in Ohio. Wow. That's cool. Which makes sense because of these cemeteries that are surrounding it in the shape of a pentagram. Now, there's five to ten cemeteries, but there's five that actually make that pentagram. Mm -hmm. And then the ten, the rest of them, they say that it causes a circle around the outside of the pentagram. Wow. So the five that make it up are Hanning, Mm -hmm. Zion, Cutler, Sims, and Higgins. Wow. Higgins. Higgins, yep. Okay, so those are the five that make up the Pentagon. But there's other cemeteries in the area, and listen to these names. Hunter, Slaughter, Mansfield, Peach Ridge, and Haynes. Wow. So the other, (laughs) I'm going to the cemetery called Slaughter. Yeah, these cemeteries are all extremely haunted. Sims Cemetery is the most haunted, and that's the one that forms the top point of the Pentagon. Okay. Okay, it's haunted by the former judge of the town and executioner named John Sims. So he must have been the founder of the 
And one thing that's about this one is it's said that in the center of this cemetery, you can still see the rope burns in the tree that they used to hang people from. Oh my goodness. And see the executed people roaming the cemetery. Now the spirit of Sims is known to yell at the visitors and yell at them to get out. Ooh, I want to capture that on on tape. (laughs) Haynes Cemetery is haunted by a Civil War veteran who went crazy and murdered his whole family with a sword. Okay. In Higgins Cemetery, the ghost of a man wearing a cloak is seen. It's a black coat, Mm -hmm. black cloak head to toe. He's known to make sounds, like screaming sounds, and he's also known to scream at the visitors. Know where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. But like I say, the center of the pentagram is Wilson Hall, which is extremely haunted. I wonder if there's a vortex there. It's possible. A portal. A portal. Portal. You know, students living in the dorms see shadows, shadow figures. They hear screaming at night. They have seen apparitions of ghosts walking the halls. Mm -hmm. So this building in the center is Wilson Hall. It's extremely haunted. Spooky. Yeah. A few other places that are haunted is West Green. That building was also built on an Indian burial ground. And in that building, you can hear Indian chanting, Indian war cries. You can hear music. Mm -hmm. You hear Indian drumming. And... Close to it, I don't know if it's still there, but there was an old river, and they're said that when you're outside, you can hear the water flowing down the river, which is apparently not there anymore. Ooh, that's interesting. I never heard that in (laughs) ghost hunting, hearing phantom water running. Yeah. Some of the other halls that are haunted around there, uh, West Green is also haunted by a headless buffalo named Stroud. Okay. <laughs> who was beheaded by soldiers during the Civil War. Aww. So that's a ha- there's an apparition of a headless buffalo, buffalo walking around this building. Uh, yeah, that's the first I've ever heard of a <laughs> headless buffalo in the paranormal. So also in that building where they see the headless buffalo is... In 1993, a resident fell from her fourth-story window and died. She is said to haunt the building. Um, She's known to slam doors, open doors, slam doors. She's known to turn on lights. Mm -hmm. The lights will flicker in the buildings. And she's also been seen walking around outside the building. Wow. Where she fell to her death. Oh, that's so sad. And then there was one... Um, Cutler Hall, which a spirit haunts the bell tower. People have seen a shadow figure and apparition of a man standing in the bell tower. Oh, cool. So all these places are just so haunted. Yeah. And Well, you probably had thousands of deaths, right? Yeah. Thousands of emotional distress mm-hmm. to people. Just lost. I know. Mentally, <sighs> physically lost because the parents didn't want them. And they sent them off the asylum where they got lobotomies. Yeah. You know, a hyperactive kid could be sent there. You know, like you said earlier, that it housed children. You know, kids are kids. Right. Especially back then. You know, I mean, they didn't, they got up in the morning and worked on the farms. That's all they did. So. Yeah. I mean, if you had any, you know, 
anything on the spectrum of mental illness, you could have been sent there. Or you could have just been an unruly wife. (laughs) Exactly. Husband sent them to the asylum because they weren't behaving like proper ladies. You know, they would get electroshock therapy or medical therapy with drugs Mm -hmm. and get strapped to a a table or put in a chair and just sit there for hours and hours and nobody pay attention to them. It's going to be a lot of emotions going on <laughs> if we ghost hunt in the asylum. Yeah. So next week, as we're recording this, uh, coming up in a couple of days, but next week we'll reveal our second location. Yes. So stand by for that. It is going to be cool because we are actually doing an investigation in yep. the building and we'll be able to give you the history and the haunts. Yeah. It's it's going to be really, really cool and very exciting. So. Very scary. I'm a little scared. I want to bring some trigger objects. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to make a list of like what would be really good trigger objects. I was thinking maybe a matchbox car. It'd be something easily to mm-hmm. move. And then I thought about this too, and I don't know if anybody's done this, but I was thinking of like some clear tape and then maybe string it across something and see if you get any imprints in it. Like mm-hmm. if something was to move through that space, would it leave an imprint on the tape? Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Or baby powder. <laughs> yeah. Because you hear about stories of like these cemeteries you go to or these bridges. Like, yeah. I don't know where it was, but there was a story about where you would get out of the car and you'd put powder on the bumper and then you'd see baby or little kids' handprints. Yeah. So. I've heard that a couple of different places. I mean, maybe we should try something like that. Try something different, you know? Yeah, for sure. Let us know if you guys have been to asylums. Um, and use different types of methods or trigger objects, um, leave us a message on our Facebook page. Uh, we want to hear about it. Yeah. Or our Twitter. You can Twitter us. Twitter us. <laughs> two, two, two paranormal on Twitter. And have you guys ever investigated any of these buildings that we're talking about in the ridges? And let us know because I find this very interesting. And the short yeah. ridges want to know about the ridges. Yeah. We and need to know. <laughs> there was another assignment that I went to up in Traverse City, Michigan, that was huge. And they turned that into apartment complexes and little shops. Oh, okay. And they don't allow any kind of ghost hunting there. Ah, boo. Yeah. Because, you know, it's Traverse City and it's proper. And they're luxury apartments now. And I can imagine (laughs) they've got to get some kind of activity. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure people are like moving in and out all the time. Like, I can't, I got to so maybe I know we won't won't be able to do it in this series, but maybe we'll when we get up there this summer or fall, we'll try to talk to some people that live there and see what they experience. For sure, yeah, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the show and you live in Traverse City and you happen to listen, call us, please. Let's do a let show. Come on, we want to hear we'll, all the ghost stories. We'll do a show with you. Haunted apartments that used Haunted to be asylums. But anyways, no, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us um, going into our sixth season. We've been doing this for five years. Five now, years. Five it doesn't seem years. like it. it just... Five-year anniversary on 4th of July. So that tells me that these microphones, these stands, this mic recorder <laughs> are all five years old, folks. Holler equipment's <laughs> ancient. That's why you need to um, donate to us on Patreon. So uh, make a donation to Yeah, us. we do have a Patreon page now. Yep. Um, it's not full function yet. I'm working on that. Yep, we're but gonna um, do some different levels and we'll get to some extras, extras yeah. for our, our 
special Patreon um, mm-hmm. members. But, you know, if you want to support the show, come to the show conferences. We're at Buy Merchandise for Most. Go on our website. We have books. We've got T-shirts. Joe and I have got some other things in the works mm-hmm. that are coming up this year. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, come to the Bigfoot Convention in yes. Ann Arbor. We need help filling the place. We desperately need help filling that space. But yeah, come on to the Bigfoot Convention in July. Also, we're going to be in Toledo at the Midwest Parafest. We're going to be at Michigan Paracon. We're going to be at the haunt, Cleveland Haunt, um, Haunted Flea Market at the end of July. Yeah, that'll be fun. Come buy some spooky t-shirts from me. Yeah. Some weird clothes. I made up some little Bigfoot, some garden Bigfoots that yes, you can pick up. they're so cute. <laughs> Everybody needs one. We have one on our dad's grave, so, mm-hmm. you know, because he loved Bigfoot, so. And <laughs> we don't have his name plaque yet. <laughs> Thanks, veterans. Mom's there. Society, but. It's so bizarre taking mom out to the cemetery to see dad's That's, grave yeah. and her, she's, I know. her name's no, right there. It's not good. No. Uh, but anyways, guys. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. We appreciate your support. Hope you enjoy our uh, little uh, series here on haunted asylums. Welcome to season six. Season six, Joe. All right. Break out the champagne. (laughs) In honor of the asylums, let's leave with a little bit of rehab by 60 Second Crush. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Have a great week.